How's it going everybody? It's been a little bit over a week since we had our big garage sale and when we were at that garage sale we had people sit down and tell hunting stories for the podcast. Last week's episode is actually part one and this is going to be part two so in this episode there's several more stories and for the last segment Ted and I sat down with Caleb at that point in the sale pretty much everybody was gone and we just sat down and started talking with him and recorded pretty long segment so he told us a story and then we also talked a lot about just how we got into ground hunting some of the inspiration there kind of the progression of our strategy as ground hunters and it was just a lot of fun and again i want to just thank everybody that stopped by at the sale and a big thanks to everybody that volunteered to tell a hunting story for the podcast if you guys enjoyed this podcast please let us know and we'll try to do more like this in the future So as you guys know, these days, there's always more and more censorship on social media platforms. And as hunters, we're definitely affected by that. So that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit downloadgowild.com to get started. All right, here goes part two of THP viewer and listener hunting stories from our big garage sale. So tell me, well, tell, tell me your name, where right. you're from first. I'm Lincoln Maylert. I'm from Waterloo area, Dysert. Iowa, just south of Waterloo. All right, so I was just sitting on a couch. My dad called me and he said, I got three big bucks right next to the house. I'm like, all right. Got up, got there. What time of the year is this? Oh, it was Thanksgiving, yeah, right at Thanksgiving. We we're about to go leave for Thanksgiving, and I was like, "I gotta, I gotta shoot one." <laughs> all right, so, all right, so I'm trying to think. It was a north west wind, so it worked out pretty perfect, but not for the buck that I was trying to kill. It was a big eight and like a decent eight, and then I thought this buck that I shot was like 120, but it was like. 160 oh yeah yeah i was like oh that's good so instead of ground shrinkage it was ground growth yeah it was major that so got a game plan going they were on bedded on a fence line and i had to there was a big hill on this other field that i had to come around went all the way around got my onyx to try to stay out of sight of them or out of wind out of sight and out of wind because my wind is kind of rolling over that hill back behind me Mm -hmm. so i was going around the hill and onyx i got a good point on where they were so there's this like little tiny tree in in the in there trying to get to that then i was my wind was like if i went any closer Mm -hmm. yeah so i to belly crawl for like 400 yards through a waterway to get to it and then i lost the first buck i didn't see, i couldn't find it they were just all bedded in the fence line were they bedded with a doe or just together no they're just together it was huh. weird yeah i was 
confused about that. Uh-huh. So I was just belly crawling up with my bow. And I was, like, texting my dad. I'm like, where is this deer at? And I'm like, my dad's like, you're dumb. Like, he's right there. <laughs> and so, like, I slowly get up, and all I saw was tines. I'm like, oh. How far? Four yards. Four? Four yards. <laughs> I was like, no way. So I kind of, like, backed up a little bit. I'm like, I'm, like, too close. He's going to smell me. Uh-huh. I sat there because he was just bedded down. And this is the one that you killed? I The one that I shot. Okay. I was like, I was like. Yeah, he's on like 120 inch here. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I look, I'm like, I can barely see the tip of them eight pointers tines. I'm like, I want to so bad. Like maybe snort wheeze, maybe get them coming. And how far is the eight pointer? Like, are they all within like 10 yards, or are they no, a little bit further apart? Like 30. He's okay. About 30. So and then, then the uh, the third buck is where in relation to them? Uh, it, the one that I shot was like here. I was like. Here, four like, yards. Yeah, from f- four yards, and then he was another like ten. That eight pointer, and then the big eight pointer was another like ten yards from okay. him. So and they like, were off to your right. Yeah, right off to my right. Okay. Yep, I was just laying there like this, just crouched down, like twenty five mile an hour winds. I'm like, they they can't hear me. Yep. There's good grass in front of me. I'm like, this is gonna work out. Like, are they facing you or are they looking nope, away? Laid down, all turned that way. I got you. Yeah. Kind of look coming at him with a. Are you kind of coming at him with a crosswind, or is the wind yeah. right in your face? No, I was kind of going this way, and the wind's this way. Uh-huh. That buck is sitting there, so if I went any farther, he'd smell me. And so he's I, got his wind to the, or he's got his back to the wind. Yes, right? yes. I have yeah. a tendency to do that, yeah. and the one thing that I prefer is if I'm stalking a buck that's bedded, crosswind, because they're gonna yeah. lay with their back at the wind, and if you come right at the wind in your favor. You're going right at their eyes. Yeah. So if you crosswind it like you did, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I I I, I do a lot of spotting stocks. Uh-huh. I love it. All right. Me too. Yeah. It's all <laughs> it's awesome, especially when it works out. But most time it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I was like, I was like, I I gotta shoot this deer. So, and then. I waited there like 30 minutes, like texting my dad. I'm like, he's not moving. My dad's like, just shoot him sitting down, you know. I'm like, I can't. I just can't do it. I just waited, waited. Like 30 minutes goes by. I'm like, all right. I was literally just about to just send one. And then the big eight-pointer snort wheezed out of nowhere. That buck stood up because he's like the Uh non-dominant bucks. And I have all these bucks on camera too. So I'm like, I... Yeah, really wanted the eight pointer. I was like, oh, oh, I was, yeah. So, got up. That buck got up because he got up nervous. As soon as he got up, I went like this. Didn't even know I was there. Went right through double lunged. How far was he then? Still four, four yards. Four yards. Yeah. <laughs> I probably could have stabbed him with my knife. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm like, I was like, how did this even happen? Uh-huh. It was. So I just walked just like sat there stood up on my knees and just foom, and I just hear, heard that like, I'm like oh yeah hit that opposite shoulder he went 35 yards and just tipped right over <laughs> and those eight pointers just standing there like what are you doing uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm like oh I just stood up I'm like, yeah. cause like as soon as they saw him run away I'm like oh my god I shot like a he's big, big yeah, deer, yeah. That, then you realized oh yeah. wait that I'm is like, big I'm like holy crap yeah 
my dad's like sitting there. He's like, <laughs> like is he watching the whole thing from the house? Yeah, and just this guy's house, the pe- people that we that asked, landowners. Yeah, they were all just drinking their coffee, watching me, and just That's like hilarious. yeah. And then like I shot it, and everybody just started freaking out. Is it was, it was That's like awesome. Probably the highest point in my life right yeah. there i was like oh my god yeah dude I just that's did. awesome yeah i got a picture of it the day yeah, you gotta show that to me that's that's cool i i uh yeah love to hear a good spot and stock yeah. story man so i i love doing that i appreciate that oh yeah he's got good beams but you're like uh you're like the other that there's another guy that told me uh a spot and stock story and yeah this is a huge buck but what i noticed first thing about both pictures is both you and the other guy cut their hair off yeah <laughs> oh I, I i got i got a couple good pictures of my hair <laughs> yeah there you go it's a spot and stock hair man dude you gotta i have to have it you gotta grow it back before next season yeah look turkey season yep, this year yep. had that <laughs> awesome man well appreciate you telling me your story it's a good one it's awesome <laughs> who's next first you gotta say your name and where you're from and anything else you want to tell me about yourself all right um grant barons i live right outside of dysart iowa kind of the same place he is uh, I've been hunting, I guess, since as long as I can remember, really, with my dad, deer, pheasant. Just got in duck and turkey, I think, the past th- two or three years. But And, yeah, I guess I'll tell a story about my first muzzleloader buck, my, my biggest one still. Uh, so we live probably 30 minutes from probably the main river, kind of around where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went up there, and there's some public land up there, and there's this island. So my dad had hung his tree stand there in the middle of summer uh it's kind of our first time hunting this area so we go we get in there pretty early early muzzleloader i it was my i was in seventh grade so i had my youth tag and those youth tags are nice yeah <laughs> you can go i mean if you don't go into youth season you use early muzzleloader mm-hmm. late and shotguns so i had that tag uh so we went in there i was hiked back in there it was a big island i mean it's it was kind of an old island so river split it off mm-hmm. uh quite a while ago but so probably had a half mile a three-quarter of a mile walk in so i was sitting uh in the tree stand my dad was under me and uh, under the tree and i mean it was pretty early still i think it was like an hour before sunset or whatever and i look up and there's two does coming at me i was i was we we're so far back in here my dad was like, just only shoot a big one because I, <laughs> I don't, don't feel like dragging a doe out this far. <laughs> so two does came in. I was eager. I was kind of looking down at him like, can I get one? Should I shoot one? He just said, wait, because it's still early. Yep. And I looked back up, and there's uh, the buck I shot. I was, uh, was at 10, I think, 10, 149. Mm-hmm. And it was coming right at me like perfect. And it came all the way down the does. At that point, the doe was, like, right under me, and I had my gun kind of across my lap, so I kind of slowly got my gun up and over at him. Uh, I think I shot him at, like, 45 yards and uh, ran, took off a little bit, ran into some – it was so pretty leafy and stuff, so we kind of lost him right away. But I was pretty confident in the shot, so we waited about 30 minutes, came down, 
and he ran like 30. And he ran probably about 50 yards back into the some thick willow stuff. Mm-hmm. So we came down. This is kind of where the story starts. Came down, gutted him, kind of got everything ready, took some pictures and everything. It was good. Uh, and we had to drag back now. And I was seventh grade. So I mean, I was in the biggest guy. That was my dad. <laughs> so he's like, I mean, we got to start now. We better start now early so we can get out of here. And uh, we start dragging. It's getting dark out now. And starts pouring rain. <laughs> rain starts coming down, thunder, lightning. It's early on, so it's thicker than uh, it's thick in there. Yeah. We're dragging it back, and we're about halfway, and we're drenched in sweat, hot, raining, thunderstorming, and we just sat down and like we're gonna have to come back in the morning. Like, <laughs> Can't even get we, it we out. We couldn't get it out, and so we. We're like, all right, we'll come back early tomorrow when the storm stops at least because we're <laughs> kind of freaking out the storm. Yeah, yeah, that gets dangerous quick. Yeah. So we got to, back to the boat, and there's another guy. Oh, so you, so you were boating, and yeah, now we're, it's storming yeah. too, so that does get a little hairy. So we're like, we had we had to get back before it gets horrible, horrible. And But there's a guy with another boat pulled up against ours, and he starts, like, yelling at us. He had a shotgun across his lap, and he's like, this is this is private land and everything. Like we knew it's a public land because it's part of the river yeah. and everything. But he starts yelling at us and everything, and finally we we're like we gotta get going. So we took off and got back, and then we found out it was a guy who lived like on the hillside. So we pretty sure he probably hunted it too. And uh-huh. Came back at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. when the storm stopped, and hiked it the rest of the way out, and got back. Yeah. <laughs> It was an Talk awesome got yourself shot with somebody yeah. with a shotgun. Yeah, huh? it was pretty freaky being a middle schooler. I came back and there's an old guy with a boat there, and I was <laughs> yeah. a little nervous. But <laughs> I bet, I bet that was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Though. That's a that's a generally the nice part about hunting public land is you don't typically have to deal with people unless they're just other public land hunters, and if that's the case, then they're usually not. Uh, not too rowdy, but yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you telling me your story, man. Thank you for letting me. Yeah, Thank absolutely. Uh, the Lincoln Maillard again. All right, so we had this drop tine I was going after. We just moved, like, in, not moved, but bought this house, our new house. And it has, like, 100 acres of, like, has a pond, just rolling hills called Seven Hills. Uh-huh. And that's what everybody calls it. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be awesome. New land to hunt. So I set a couple trail cameras back there, got this drop tine on camera. I'm like, all right, this is the one. It's not, it's like that big, but it's a drop tine. Sure, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, uh, October 1st, I got the first, like, actual uh, sight of them. Like, I was walking in to check my trail camera. He was just up there. I watched him. He was. I got this dirt road that nobody goes down anymore because it's got a bunch of trees falling. Mm-hmm. There's this old pasture. There's, like, a fence line coming over this hill. And then there's, like, a couple little cedar trees. I watched him stand up out of there and just work his way over there. So I'm like, if I get in the middle of him... And then there's, like, this middle peninsula timber that every deer goes into. Mm -hmm. So I'm, like, I put my stand on the timber, and then I have, like, a little ground blind over here so, like, I can pick it during each wind. Yep. So, like, I have a big cut cornfield out in front of me. So I snuck down, 
October 22nd, I think. I sneaked down there at 2 o'clock on a weekend and to my ground blind. And I, like, look up over by my, like, scrape tree. Two bucks are just going at it. Just, like, they're, like, sparring and then going at it. I'm like, all right, this get them riled up. So I sat there. And then uh, this buck... I look over my shoulder. He's coming right from the same. This is this is the one that you had seen going to check the trail camera. Yes, this is the drop time. Okay. All right, so he's coming up over this hill. I'm like, all right, I just need to sit here, and then he is like literally like eight yards behind me, just on a dirt road. I'm like, all right. So I sat there, just like this. I'm like, oh man, and I got this giant thicket right here, because I expected him come from this way, right in front of me. But there's this little trail, like this much, like he just walked straight five yards right next to me. All he had to do is take two more steps, and I would smoke them. Easy shot. Easy, like five-yard shot. I'm like, yeah, wow. He went like this, looked, looked. Then he, like, looked at them bucks, and he was like, he went straight beeline straight to them. I'm like, no. So I, like, kind of quick turn, get drawed, like, like, I got a little grunt, like, grunted a little bit. And then he, like, looked back. He was like, no, there's nothing there. And just kept on walking. And then he got, like, 30 yards. And I'm like, there's a bunch of brush in the way. I'm like, ah, early in the season, I might be able to get another shot. Yep. So I decided not to. Just watched him walk right out of my dreams. I'm like, That's oh, frustrating. Yeah. Whenever he's that close. That close. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. tough. And then, all right, so I went back. Haven't seen him in, like, forever which is the rut. So he's probably out chasing does and everything. So that that first part of the story is early season or early it's o- like, in October? It's October like 20, 20th, okay. like in there. So like kind of starting sure. in the rut. But like this was November 1st. Uh, my dad, he has like a painting company. Mm-hmm. So all his painters were painting our house. Yep. And then this was at 12 o'clock. They're like, they can't speak English very uh-huh. well. And they're like, big, big, big buck. They ran right, <laughs> right, right, through. right through the yard. My dad's like, what, really? So, all right, so he got his bow. And he's like, yeah, they ran right by the grain bins. He looks. That buck is bedded with a doe in our grain bins. No, I'm like, okay. wow. Yeah, so he went over there, got his bow, snuck over behind the shed, and like kind of went over and he's right there he's like oh my god he's right there and then this forky pops out of nowhere this saved him forky pops out of nowhere this drop time runs that forky off and got him Boom. 30 yard shot like hit him high spined him dropped him got another one in him <laughs> shot him right there in the yard right there in the yard i'm like wow and then, and then he he ran like a he crawled i guess and like up on top this bank into a field and yeah then he finished him off there and it was a crazy story just like just a backyard buck i guess it dropped time too it was it was awesome yeah that is cool but yeah the one thing that helped that was that little forky just distracting distracting that buck from my dad pretty much just yeah it was awesome i have a 
bit of a backyard buck story I've told on the podcast before, but one time I was um, at my parents' house editing, and they lived in Ohio at the time. And uh, every year, sometime in mid-November, a buck will lock a doe down. Yeah. In the front yard. Like, it's just like, huh. and it's not the yard. So, so to paint a picture, their house was in the middle of the corner of a woods. So, surrounding their house 360 degrees is, yeah. is actual woods. Yeah. And, and this is open farm country, not a whole lot of trees at all, but that house is right in the corner. Well, the actual corner of the woods in the front, where it meets corners and meets the field, yeah. that's where those does generally would lay and yeah. occasionally in mid-november a big buck yeah. would lock down with a doe in there and um i always keep my eye out there when i, when I was there and um, they've since moved too so i know yeah. i'm not gonna have this opportunity anymore but i was i was sitting there editing and i had just been filming my friend ben in ohio and i had a tag yeah. in case i had bought a tag in case he shoots one i can shoot his yeah. bow like we do that yeah. whole deal so i always have a tag in my pocket while we're doing this and uh he ends up or i end up looking out the window and i see this little dinker on the driveway yeah. but he's act he's nosy you know he's i'm like he's that. there's i'm like there yeah. is a buck in that <laughs> wood so i just get my binos I'm just glassing through the window and I'm just looking down through the woods, scanning everything, and I eventually see his antlers sticking in there. And I'm like, good yeah, enough. Like, it's, yeah. and it was, it was a mature eight pointer. And I remember making a game plan quick. I think I was in shorts. Yeah. I run out, I get my bow. And so the house is right, or so there's the house and then there's a concrete part of the driveway i guess yeah. and that connects the house and the barn so i go get in the barn and i can get that's getting me closer so the closest window i could get to in the house yeah i go out now and i go and i'd use the back of the yard to drop down a little bit to where he couldn't see me yeah. use the barn to cover me and i go out in the barn i'm closer now i'm looking out the closest window of the barn i'm even closer yeah. to the buck so i get a little bit more of an idea of my game plan I'm like okay i think if i get out and I can crawl from the barn to the field edge. I can crawl right along the edge, and I can get close enough. Yeah. So I start to do that, and I'm crawling up through there, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to work perfect. Like, yeah. There's the middle of the day. Like, what could go wrong? Yeah. You know, I got all kinds of time. I got no agenda, and I'm on the edge, and I look up, and way out and it's like it's like looking across the desert oh yeah i'm looking in this field and i just see this group of does coming across it like why at yeah, that time why? i mean it's like straight <laughs> middle of the day what and it's are you like, doing and they're coming right for where he's at like they're totally going to bed right where he is oh, with this doe. yeah and i'm like i don't really know what this is gonna mean and i kind of you know in hindsight w w what i was trying to do was keep moving up that edge yeah. and i should have just tucked in yeah. just called it and just let that play out just and then, let it play out yeah and that, move up again that's usually how it works out and yeah. i and i didn't i just kept oh, trying to move yeah. down this edge so i kind of get caught out in the, the open you know how every yeah. field has that little bit of dirt where yeah. you can kind of use that being quiet well i'm basically laying in that well all of a sudden 
these does come through and they go past him, but I can tell there's commotion. I can see him. I can yeah. see, and, and, and stuff's moving around. The does kind of walk right between me, between me and the barn. Yeah. And they're standing real close to me. And all of a sudden, dude, he chases that doe out of there. Oh. And they come running out and she runs to my left and he runs out in the field edge to cut her off. Oh yeah. And he, all of a sudden he's running right at me. Oh. I kid you not, that buck is, like, I'm laying on the ground. He was standing over top. Like, y- you know, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure if he was if, if he was two or three yeah. yards, I'm sure that's how close he was. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, you're below him, and it feels like, like he's literally standing on top of you. And he had no idea yeah. what was going on. And, you know, of course I'm not drawn like a yeah. dummy. And I, I end up just ripping her back and I'm like, well, what do I got to lose now? And he was seriously so close that I had to like force myself not to shoot him running. I guess. I mean, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but I'm not kidding you. The buck is like five yards and he wasn't, he didn't blow out of there. He didn't like take off running full speed. He just kept trotting past me. Like, what the hell's that? And I just was like right on him. And I remember like thinking, don't, you know, like don't shoot probably should probably yeah so i didn't and i'll just never forget how close that deer was to me and actually the next year i'll never be sure but i saw him one other time then in the dark i was driving home and um was turning down the road and his he was standing in the field i could see him in the headlights yeah and the next year um the neighbor the neighbor's daughter she was you know probably youth i think it might have even been a youth season hunt shot a buck that i'll never be sure because i don't run cameras or anything there but sure looked looked like him and he was big the year that i chased him and this is the following season yeah and he just put more mass on he he was he was a weird buck you know every once in a while you come across a, a eight point mature yeah. buck that just doesn't really have he as far as like actual big antlers they weren't that big but they were yeah. just cool mass just like nice mass eight, come nice around pointer yeah. you know he's sweet looking and i just i just think of uh what what how many opportunities do you have at a buck like in a house you know when yeah. you're sitting in the house and you look yeah. out there like there he is oh, yeah. Yeah. you know so that's cool yeah but i i will miss that about that place because you always knew if you were there in November, yeah, might have a chance. Might my, have. My dad actually killed one. Then the, oh, was it the next year? Or the two years after? Doesn't really matter. Think about it, 2019. So it was the next year. Huh. He actually shot one there. And this is another little side note. If you've got any amount of land, now or in the future, so my parents had this driveway, right? And it's like a quarter mile long. Yeah. And like I said, we are house was in the edge of this woods well for years we mowed this driveway when i was younger and, yeah. I, and you know you'd get on the lawnmower and you'd mow the damn thing for an hour it just yeah was was not a whole lot of uh fun to do it it's super time consuming and i don't know as a kid you gotta want to do other things not yeah. mow the lawn yeah. right well when we got to college my brother and i finally just like you know guys you should quit mowing this just stop mowing it like let it you know burn it or something and try to get it to where it's just tall grass because everything else out there is just crop field yeah well they did that and grass started growing and then when corn years would be on so the driveway goes up on either side it's field so when corn would come up now you get this strip of basically crp grass it's not big yeah 
maybe only like 15 yards, tw yeah, probably 15 yards tops on either side of this driveway. Yeah. But the does would start bedding in there. It's kind of like a little screening yep. area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they could lay on the edge of that corn or right on the edge of the grass. There's beds all the time. Definitely at night they'd bed there, but then it made that little corner where that buck was even better. Yeah. Then goldenrod right up against the woods started growing up, so now we got a screen in the woods too. Yeah. So the next year, 2019, on November, I think it was 18th or 19th, my dad shot a really nice buck, really nice buck. Yeah. He was he was sitting on the ground um, on the other corner on the back side of the property. And when I say property, I'm talking this literally yeah. five acres. He, on the back corner, he heard the buck coming through the corn, grunting, and yeah. just crashing through the Thrashing, corn. Yeah. And he <laughs> just grunted, raked the ground, and that buck just stomped right in. He shot him 20, 20 yards right Right. facing mm -hmm. I right a, through the chest i have a story about that uh like a face on shot uh -huh. i was uh junior year uh just got done with wrestling broke my hand got a cast on i i was like i i don't know if i should shoot with that thing because it was like wrenching uh -huh. on it release <laughs> <laughs> so so you did oh yeah <laughs> i had to <laughs> yeah uh so, me and my dad were just driving around at, like, 6 a.m. We watched this buck. It was, like, just old warrior, big eight-pointer, like, 160-inch. Just, like, the biggest eight-pointer. Like, yeah. This was, like, a literally quarter, maybe not even, quarter mile outside of town. Uh -huh. Just came out of this, like, little thicket into this grass place. We're like, all right. He's gonna. We were watching bed down right there. He was tired, and all right. So we asked the landowner. So we parked there. I was like, got a game plan going. Just need to do like a little half moon around him. So I got that little. Got in with my bow. Got my cat. Barely got the thing around my cast. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, like, how do you uh, even strap that around your? <laughs> just I, like the last like, hole. I had to pretty much just hold on to the Jeez. release like this. And then pull back. And then, uh, so I got a little half moon around the buck. And I had a grunt call. I was just belly crawling up. Kicked up a little buck, another little buck. I'm like, there's deer all over right here. Mm -hmm. Like, why haven't I ever seen these? So then I get in. My dad, can, he's sitting in the truck just watching me. He's like, he can just see the tines of them. I can't see them at all. So I'm like. He's like, yeah, you're probably, like, within 30 yards. So I'm like, all right, sweet. So I went, like, grunted, soft grunt, soft grunt. And then I, he kind of was, like, looking around. Then I snort wheezed, popped right up, just marching at me. He was going to run me over. So I had to shoot, literally, self-defense. I was, like, literally sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get ran over. And I was standing there, like, he's going to run me over. And he just didn't care. No. He just, he just looking right through just you. Just looking right through me, just coming at me i'm like all right i have to shoot him i was looking for a broadside shot hit him like kind of i thought it was perfect and then i just like buried it right here and then he went and like what hit me like he didn't know what hit him so i hurried up got another arrow in him he's running I'm like man 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 and then he like finally stopped and i sent one and i was like probably shouldn't have shot uh-huh 
it hit him like well if you already got one in him yeah i'm like might, might as, as well. well yeah i always say if yeah. you got one in him then all rules are off pretty much it's yeah. worth shooting again yeah i i hit him like super low like horrible shot right in the leg mm-hmm. he ran off up in this hill thanksgiving again mm-hmm. we were late for thanksgiving so <laughs> i we let him lay up there up in this like little tiny half acre thicket all right so i'm like all right i've just the whole thanksgiving i'm like oh my god yeah yeah I'm like, worried sick i'm like i only got like four or five inches penetration i'm like what on the first shot you on the did? first shot okay it's weird i i was weak couldn't really pull i was sure, cut, sure. cutting a lot of weight for wrestling so yeah i couldn't really pull back a lot too so it was and you got a broken wrist and i got a broken yeah wrist hand whatever and uh so we went back i was gonna try to spot and stalk him again because he's laying bedded we got him we see him from the road we're like all right so he so you you knew the first shot that he w- it wasn't lethal. Yeah. Just because it was off, it was too off center or what, or like, too high or. No, it was like, yeah, I think it was a little bit off center. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of in the pocket in his brisket almost, mm-hmm. and it like I think it hit something hard, sternum maybe. Mm-hmm. It just didn't go through him. I'm like, all right. What and type I, of broadhead were you shooting? I, just out of curiosity. I was G5 Montec. Okay. So I was like fixed blade. It should go through him. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more penetration, but like, uh, I don't know. Now I I shoot uh, rages right now. I'm, yeah, I know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I know you guys you guys like your fixed broadheads. No, I, there, no, there's nothing wrong with it. You just have to limit yourself a lot yeah. more. And there's gonna, I mean, there is potential that you can make a good shot and it deflects funky and makes yeah. it harder. That's the only, that's the only reason I ever say anything, I guess, negative about it. It's yeah. not that I don't, it's not that I actually care what you shoot. I really don't. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, want the best for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get into fixed blades. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to cycle through them, see which ones mm-hmm. work the best. But yeah, this year I started shooting like, uh hyperdermics i was like kind of liking them they're blowing right through them i'm like mm. all right and uh so back to the story yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry <laughs> we got sidetrack yeah. sidetrack all right so i was just going we left we're like yeah gave it six seven hours we're like all right went down in there snuck around him and we should have because our he can see everything from where he's at he's in this buried in this thicket and I'm like just sitting there. I'm like, all right. So I've come up this hill, terraced. I'm on the edge of this woods, and I see his tines. I'm like, all right. So I get low, kind of like crawling over, and then this coyote comes out running out of nowhere. I'm just like, oh no. So he, the buck's like, kind of gets himself down in there deeper. I'm like, all right. So I like get up and that coyote just comes runs them out i'm like runs them out runs them out of my life i'm like and i went back and there's i took a couple pictures the blood looked like awesome blood there looked a little bit of bu- bubble so i mm-hmm. might have got one lung mm-hmm. but it was not lethal because we ended up 
seeing him muzzleloader really late muzzleloader yeah same spot and he slipped through our fingers again there yeah hmm. that's was, interesting the front so so the frontal shot i feel like is a is a just an interesting topic in itself because yeah. i don't think that it's for every situation by yeah. any means and i think that you know it's a touchy subject because i don't want people to listen to like my opinion on it and then get the wrong idea and think yeah. that like oh you know zach just is gonna sling at everything it's like there's very particular situations and i'm not you're yeah. not in the wrong i'm not yeah. i'm not trying to pick on you either by this by talking about this i've only taken one frontal shot on a deer and it and it was super close three yards yeah. it was in pennsylvania there, there's a video of it but shot this buck and it was a little darker than what than you know what it was very very last light. yeah yeah it was a little darker than you know Dark when 30, i was excited yeah. and i you know just missed off center just slightly yeah went straight through him but i only hit one lung and whatever else it came out yeah. of and it came out like you know way back yeah back. back yeah and you know that was one of those situations where i was a little disappointed in how it turned out because I thought he was toast. Yeah. But I just didn't quite. And I mean, it still killed him. Yeah. But I don't want to make one suffer like that. Yeah. I hate doing that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to be really, really confident in what you're doing. You got to be able to really pick a spot. You got to hit him in the right spot. But the other thing that I think makes a big difference is, is what you're shooting. Yes. You know, like for me, I've went through, you know, the same thing, different, different broadheads, different stuff. And obviously yeah. like, um, you know, at a certain point in everybody's career, you're just shooting what you can get your hands on or yep. what's cheap. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Like, what I shoot is expensive. Yeah. You guys are all young guys. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're probably wanting to spend $150 on three broadheads. Yeah, I definitely yeah, no. do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I get it. And, like, when I was shooting um, a, a replaceable blade broadhead, and, and I've always tried to find a way to describe it, but uh, the guy, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ranch Ferry on our oh, yeah. videos. Yeah. So he describes it as a wedge. And it makes a lot of sense when you describe it that way. It's like imagine hitting a bone with a replaceable blade broadhead like a muzzy or a slick trick or a thunderhead. That that point just is like a stamp. It can't get through. It's yeah. a wedge. It can't get through that bone now it can get through between ribs and it can hit a rib and kind of deflect deflect yeah. off but it doesn't necessarily just blast right yeah. through that even with the heavy poundage bow even with the long i mean you can't force that through bone as yeah. easily as you can with those single bevels because those single bevels hit and they continue to cut and yeah. turn now that thing will slice a bone off i mean it can hit that and cut it out really yeah hmm. So that's putting the advantage in your face, you know, putting yeah. the chances of that deer getting smoked, especially if it's slightly quartering too. So, you know, for me, I've just, I've just said anything like inside of 15 yards, even quartering two with my setup. Now that's my bow being at a 70 pounds, yep. ma you know, maxed out poundage. Not, I don't have a crazy long draw at length, 28 and a half. And then um, close range, yeah. I'll try that. Now, 
that same exact shot, same exact bow tipped with a muzzy or muzzy or a slick trick or something, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'd have, have passed that shot before. Now it's like, you know, with my setup, I feel a little bit confident, more confident yeah. with it. But it, it's super relative. And I mean, you can talk to a bunch of people and everybody's got a different opinion on it. And I think that's that's okay. I think that yeah. you can have different. And if I'm in a tree stand, no. Yeah. No way I'm shooting quartering two or yeah. facing me. No way. You get that angle on it, now oh, yeah. it changes the game completely. But yeah. I'm talking on the ground, close, super, super close range. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. appreciate you guys telling me some stories. It's been fun. Yeah. Who you are, where you're from, anything else you want to say about yourself, and then your favorite hunting story or a good hunting story. It doesn't have to be your favorite. It could it can be a good one. It could be a bad one. It can be it can be turkey. It can be deer. It could be squirrel for all I care. <laughs> It's literally well, a squirrel would be pretty neat. Squirrel, yeah. I'd like to hear about that. I did shoot a squirrel that was jumping between trees once, but that's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> it was a black squirrel, the only black squirrel I've ever killed. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's kind of rare. Yeah. It is rare. Yeah. It was a private land squirrel, you know. <laughs> oh, well, never yeah. mind. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Not that impressive now. Yeah. Yeah, probably farmed him. You know? uh -huh. Yeah, so I'm Caleb Drake. Um I grew up in the Quad Cities area, but I'm just moving to Oski, Oskaloosa, Iowa. So I'm excited to be down in the, the big buck neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, hunting on private ground, permission, mm -hmm. mainly through my dad. Um, the main public hunting I've done is up in northwest Iowa. I lived in near Sioux Center for, yep. for like four years, five years, and uh, hunted public up there. There's a lot less deer density. They kind of have uh, less habitat. Mm -hmm. So... I would try to take your guys' videos, honestly, a lot and, like, apply it up there. But I'm like, there's just not near as much of, like, timber. You yeah. know, you're just dealing with a lot of prairie and then you, all the woods are just along the, the river bottoms. Mm -hmm. And so really constricted on, on like, really where I could hunt. Mm -hmm. um, but I still, I mean, you guys, like, kayaking into places. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times I, I have a kayak, so I would, like, found a, a little pieces of isolated uh, public that I would I, I targeted when hunt and hang cameras for, the, you know, the full year. And then go check them at the end, and um, it helped me a little bit have a little better success, but mm -hmm. or at least more deer encounters. So, sure, yeah. So I'm I'm passionate about all sorts of hunting, though. I mean, I hunt, I hunted one year. It would have been like 2019 or something. I think it flooded a bunch in Iowa. I don't yep. know if you guys had. I think that was your. I watched one of like Warb's hunts where I he like. Was, I think it was 2019 because you were still hunting here mm -hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was watching those hunts, but I actually got into some duck hunting up there because a lot of stuff flooded out of the rivers, and I got into some sweet duck hunting because you're up in the corner of Iowa and all those flyways from, like, North Dakota, South Dakota are right there. Yeah. So, um, so that was fun. So I kind of got my blood flowing for that, and then it's been terrible since then. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my experience duck hunting. It, it, my experience duck hunting is only in Iowa. And yeah, very hit or miss, and mostly miss. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You it's gotta kind of live where they're always going through. Uh -huh. So it's a lot of decoy set up and preparation before daylight, and then you just hope for the best. <laughs> and a lot of watching sky, yeah. watching, watching <laughs> yeah. sky, or watching yeah, them I keep guess on I, going by. Yeah, I guess I can't by. say I'm a true duck hunter because I would like. I mean, I grew up by the Mississippi River, so we could do some a true duck hunting there. But 
up in Northwest Iowa, it was like, okay, like there's a few wood ducks here. Yeah. So I caught like first light and like jump shoot a few wood ducks. And it was like, all right, sit. If something else flies in, cool. And then it was like a two, you know, two hour hunt or something. So uh-huh. yeah. no decoys at all. <laughs> Just had a pair of chest waders that looked like, I don't know. They're, they're, they're like that. They, I have to like put boots over top of them. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty bad. <laughs> so we had a couple of those here that yeah. we were trying to get rid of too. Yeah. They're like neoprene. You got to slip your neoprene like foot into the boot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm passionate about all sorts of hunting. Um, I I don't. I've had some great hunts. So my my family, my mom's side of the family, had a farm that my great grandpa farmed, and um, after he passed, it went to like five my my grandma and her four sisters, and then we just were like the only people had permission to hunt it for a long time. Um, it was like two and a half hours from home, and I I wasn't committed enough to drive there a lot when I was living at home. We do like a shotgun hunt every year. Yep. Um, so we had some cool hunts where we'd like go like double up on like, a, you know, just the three day shotgun season in Illinois, we'd double up on bucks or a doe and a buck, me and my dad or my sister, um, when she was hunting, she'd come down. And so I've had some cool hunts that way. Um, but I don't like most memorable hunts are like my dad and I in recent past have had some doubles of, of bucks with archery, um, on some permission ground. So well, tell us about those. Um, so the most recent one would have been fall of 2020, I think. And uh, what I, I shot a buck, uh, just like a broke-off eight-pointer, so it was a seven. Um, I, I, I know you, I'm not big on, like, the like uh, the traditional buck-killing stand, but there's just, like, it's one stand that I've shot, like, three bucks out of, you know. I mean, and they're not anything. They're not anything that uh, is going to score in a record book, but it's like, man, it got me excited to you know, yeah. shoot the deer. So mm-hmm. um, I watched mine fall. And then it was like, you know, 30 minutes after daylight. So I'm just like sitting there and my dad texted me and was like, hey, I think I, I think I hit one. I don't think I hit it very well. Um, so it was like 8.30 in the morning. It was like November. And uh, I'm like, well, what can you tell me about it? Um, I, w- I mean, ob- obviously at that point you guys have been going a lot. So I would like watch a lot of your guys' experiences with tracking deer. Yep. Um, and then there's like Realtree has a, a thing where you can press, you know, where, you, where you've hit the deer um and you can you know by what 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 did the sound make what does the blood look like what was the reaction of the deer when did it stop running those sorts of things um and then i think there was also a video that i'd watched prior to that where like they inflated the lungs of the deer Mm -hmm. so you kind of i don't i think you guys might have alluded to it on your channel actually maybe might have i don't remember but anyways during like the ranch fairy stuff i think it might have been yeah so i was like watching all the i was like right after all this so it was kind of the perfect time to be like hit a deer marginally so he had ended up shot this deer at 10 yards only but it was quartering to him really hard Mm -hmm. and so um we went and looked for blood and we had like spotty blood for like 50 yards and we were like oh we got to back out it's early so we gave this deer like we ate lunch even i mean it was like 2 30 we went back in there and we went like another 60 70 yards further and we jumped him and uh and it was like the rest of the day i mean we were just had to like kind of like watch where he'd go and then like follow little specks of blood and then just we got a follow-up shot in him and and then we had to get another follow-up shot in him i mean it was a crazy it was like a few hundred yards of just tracking this deer Mm um it kind of reminded me a lot of the kind of the stuff you guys do of of just okay like he didn't go far he bedded like he went down a little ridge uh, down a little i mean a ravine and then up on top of ridge and bedded in like a fallen tree Mm -hmm. it's like all all the further he went it was like 110 yards probably from where my dad had hit him Hmm. and so um, at the end of the day, it was cool to double up on a buck, but it was like, man, like learned a ton, right? Like my yeah. dad even was like, he's, he's passed here now in the last two years of like, I'm not taking that quarter and two shot. Yeah. I mean, we're not using like a heavy arrow setup either. Yeah. So, um, he likes the rage expandable broadhead. 
So I know you guys just had a video come out like about that too. <laughs> this stuff. So it's like all no nos, right? But uh, but yeah. So he likes those broadheads, but it was like it was a good learning experience for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so what what did he end up hitting? Did he just hit it like in the liver he or hit, what? I think he hit just one long. Yeah. And just and that was it. I mean, just kind of skimmed it. Um, because the arrow, I don't think we even found his arrow. Like it was broke off inside the deer. Um, and then the next one, I mean, the follow-up shots were good, but yeah, mm-hmm. he just ended up hitting. I think that would have been his right side lung, <laughs> and then that was it. Man, they can make it a long way with one lung. Yeah, well, seems like that's crazy. what that spreadsheet that you sent us from Shane Simpson. That was mm-hmm. like telling you how many the certain hits and the percentage of deer that they found on those hits yeah and one lung was like the lowest yeah it was like really you have like no chance basically if you just hit one lung which mm-hmm. i've seen it before quite a bit and i was i was telling somebody today earlier so it's probably already been on this podcast but it was uh, a story of eric barber shot a buck here or i'm sorry i'm sorry let me back up eric barber shot a buck and guessing muzzleloader season but somebody that was a neighbor on a neighboring property shot the buck during bow season only hit one lung oh my goodness and when he killed it muzzleloader season the deer was fine but when he gutted it the lung was like black and shriveled up wow so he was living on one lung Mm -hmm. wow straight up had the one lung deflated so like yeah it's pretty crazy what they can get away with i mean they're pretty pretty tough critters that's for sure yeah that's cool that's cool so you doubled up multiple times though with yeah, your dad. Yeah, we have. Yeah, the first year we did it was shotgun season in like in high school. I mean, there was like fall of 2011. I think was the first time um, I shot like a two and a half year old eight pointer, and then he shot a like a basket nine pointer or something. That was at the family family farm in southern Illinois, and then. We, I think we might have done it like a few years in a row because we did it maybe the next year as well. And we sat in the same spots where like, and we don't, I mean, I, now I've got a, like a second or third, I don't even know how I'm related to the guy, but like a third cousin or something that hunts it and like has food plots in there or something. But prior to that, it was just like, we would have like three days to hunt the property. So it was like, we would just go down there. So if we knew a traditionally decent spot where deer were funneling during the, and Illinois gun season, if you've ever hunted, it's crazy. I mean, people come from everywhere they get like 30 tags, you know, and they're just stacking them. So like, you're just hearing like all these gunshots going off around (laughs) you. Um, so yeah, then like the next year we doubled, I shot a, I think I I broke off eight pointer, same spot I was sitting. It was just, instead of in front of me was behind me. And then my dad shot a, a pretty nice eight pointer that year. Um, and that year, actually, we went back, and we got my younger sister at the time. Uh, <laughs> she was hunting. It was, like, her only deer she's ever killed. But we went back, and we picked her up. Like, it was, like, a Friday's opening day, so we went home that night, drove back the next morning, like, you know, left at, like, 2 a.m., and uh, she shot a deer one time, like, on the, a different piece of the property. And so that was cool. We did a triple one time. That's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those have been – I mean, there's, like, family properties like that you can't beat. Uh-huh. You know, some of that – some of those, like – memories and family hunts you have um but uh i think that i mean those are memorable but like some of the stuff like we had another deer i during a shotgun season i hunted like it would have been maybe like 2020 a year after the what the maybe or i don't know what which one it was my dad twenty twenty one even i don't know but we hunted a shotgun season and i shot a buck um kind of it through some brush and i broke his front left shoulder um, and he did the weirdest thing. It was kind of this ridge that sticks out and it way falls off on the right and on the left, it goes down and goes back up. Um, and I had, I, I did, I, I had been sitting during the shotgun season 
morning and it was so slow so i was like i've got a gun right like i've got a leg up on these deer i was like zach does it all the time <laughs> i can like still hunt uh-huh. so i was like crawling like on my knees like through this like grassy area and i saw saw this buck's tine actually moving um when he was eating mm-hmm. it was like in this yellow grass and it was like something looks a little different um so i shot i he, he ended up kind of spotting me and i was already on him and i shot and i went down there at the site and i couldn't see anything hit um so my dad and i went um started started trying to find some blood we found a little piece of bone we found a blood trail around the ridge and he dropped down to the bottom like dropped away in this valley and he he went to the left around it like he was going to circle all the way around the ridge and there was all this blood there and he actually doubled back because we completely lost blood and i'd never we'd never seen this before where deer went all the way around and they started going completely the opposite direction and it was a weird it was the weirdest thing because we were like walking all over the blood i mean we had already found some right. and hadn't seen some we're like is would he really be heading back this way um but it looked like he just kind of wa- walked down there ran down there and stopped felt safe and then tried to decide what to do and he just stayed low and just like buried himself in brush we had to get a follow-up shot on him as well unfortunately but it was yeah it was kind of that was crazy i've never seen a deer do that where yeah i don't know if you guys have ever had anything like that before one thing that i had happen one of the, i would say it's probably the toughest blood trail that i was ever on i've ever been on was with aaron it was the first buck I ever um shot in iowa and i was with aaron and this was midwest whitetail time so i shoot this buck he runs off and he was super close and i hit you know i know my arrow hit where i was aiming and he ran out and honestly we were so pumped that we took our eyes off of him we i thought i saw him go down while he was just spinning mm. so he ran out i don't know 100 yards probably and he spun and we thought he went down it's getting dark too so it's like one of those deals where you kind of and yeah. warb pulled off of him with the camera but if you slow it down one of those deals where you can see where he spins well long story short we end up it took us forever to find the deer we spent the entire night tracking the thing we went back and got our buddy uh michael parente and it was three of us in there and we tracked it to where we had saw the deer and there was pretty decent blood and where he had spun at that point we thought he went down out there while we were looking forever over there we spent so much time looking in that spot well i think it was aaron that was walking up and down a trail that he crossed just kind of checking to see how he had escaped the area i mean at one point we were way over to our right and he actually was left you know what i mean one of those deals but he had hit that spot and he spun the air was still sticking at him and it was a mechanical broadhead that didn't go through and he was wheeling i think he was trying to do something with that arrow but whether i've seen i mean i've seen him put their mouth on it yeah Yeah, yeah, i've seen him put their antlers off on it whatever and uh that was one of the more um i guess just insane blood trails because it eventually got to a point too where we hit a spot where he did another spin where he spun again and the antler never, i'm sorry that the arrow never came out of him and i don't know if he was just like getting to a point where he'd freak out and just spin but it was like the blood would make this little circle and kind of just like go back through and then he would go in the same direction that he was headed hmm. and all, in all honesty all he ever really did was just kind of make like a uh, i guess a wide l shape you know as far as drawing the line on a map he just kind of went up and then he cut to the left but it took us forever because he's doing these weird moves and then it was like kind of patchy blood so sure never quite a straight double pack but Mm -hmm. 
and the only time that I would say it was a straight double back, it was it was funny. I had shot this buck, and I was younger, much younger, and I was with Ben, and <laughs> we're tracking this thing, and I'm like, I'm like, blood's gone, and I'm like, just total panic mode, you know how it gets, and it's just like, blood's gone, what's wrong? And I'm like looking everywhere, looking everywhere, well, the buck had like kind of been going down the edge of the ditch, and then he stopped, and he went back a little bit, and then he fell off the ditch and he was like down you know just down below us and i remember we were like looking around looking around in front of us and they turned back and he was right there you know it was just like whoo but yeah i've never really seen one actually take back so so at that point you said that buck was that you shot that did double back was still alive though yeah so i had made a i had made a since he was i mean at a shot i mean i'm shooting a 12 gauge with a three four three fourth ounce slug so i'm thinking i'm not worried about a shoulder or anything like that so I had a really small gap between two cedar trees to shoot through. Um, so that's where I, I shot and I hit right where I was aiming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it must have just had enough enough in there. I mean, I, I think he would have died when the bed that we found. Um, but, yeah, he. I mean, he didn't double all the way straight back on the trail. But, he. I mean, it was like. Enough to it, where it, it was hard to find blood. Yeah, it was, we, sure. it was just weird because he did cross. Because where he had gone, um, like two, two drainages came together. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a Y. Mm-hmm. And so when he had come in there, he, the only way he could go was right back out the way he came and then continue on, along the edge of the creek mm-hmm. the other way. And hmm. so it was the weirdest thing. It was like. Because we, we couldn't believe it. Because we, we, I, first of all, well, I couldn't believe there was no blood at the site. Yeah. I, so I told my dad, I'm like, I, I had to have hit this thing. Like, the way he reacted, I don't know. I, mean, I couldn't find blood anywhere for, like, 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So then we, like, followed the way he went. And then we're like, okay, like, there was a piece of bone. There's blood. Okay, now we've hit him at least. Keep following that path. And then you get down to the bottom and it's just like it disappears like it doesn't mm-hmm. continue the way he's heading so we're like what in the world like where where did this deer go like how do i find this thing um but then at that point you know we're so committed it's like yeah. we, we've got to find him oh, you know yeah. what i mean like i'm not leaving until this year like we till, we till we find him and so um yeah so then we, he had doubled back kind of and then went along the creek and um so we just went on either side of it so we had permission there and we just walked along the edge of it um, and then my dad was like, I think I see him. Like he's laying in here. I'm like, well, we got to finish him, you know? So, uh-huh. yeah, which, you know, those are tough to do too. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, that's the worst so, feeling yeah, in the world. That's the worst. You're like, I hate this. Like I, you have to do it like as you know, the responsibility of it, but oh yeah. man, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So, it didn't make you feel proud. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Was the first shot just right in the shoulder then or? It was, yeah. It broke his, it broke his front left shoulder and and then it just kind of got it got in there a little bit but it wasn't i mean if it hit as hard i think he would have died yeah. down in the bottom but so. it didn't go through and no it didn't really no wow. interesting so i mean i guess they're not as strong as you think i mean yeah, i'm using uh, my grandpa's old browning yeah 12 sure. gauge so I've, i don't know i've i've made that shot several times in the last couple of years and it generally yeah knocks them right down but i'm using i've started using a 450 Oh yeah. Instead of a shotgun, which I don't know how much of a difference that makes. I would assume it's moving a little bit faster. It's definitely sure. lighter, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's moving pretty fast. But yeah, it but that just, usually lodges an offside hide. It could just chalk up to a terrible shot. Man. I mean, that could be it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I that 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 450 used to shoot that sweet eight pointer. Didn't you that mm-hmm. on that one uh, bump you guys did? Yep. yep. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool gun to have, man. For for living where, you know, I well for living where I did when I bought it, I was in Iowa, and then really just having it for any state now, it's like there's a bunch of places that used to be shotgun only, mm-hmm. and now you can hunt 
with the straight walls in Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, um, and that in itself to be to me is honestly worth it because I don't know Ohio a lot, but just you know if if yeah. it's traditionally been a shotgun or muzzleloader only, yeah, to have that gun, it's that's the reason. Mm-hmm. I need to get myself a real rifle though because I don't have, you know, growing up in Ohio, I've never had like a deer rifle. I still don't i don't have a deer rifle and i live in colorado <laughs> <laughs> west yeah like where you're living yeah yeah, yeah so. for sure yeah. i've inherited a 270 bolt action but i have no use for it in the yeah. midwest I yeah mean, like i've got to get a tag somewhere out west right to be able yeah. to use it so mm-hmm. i guess if you need one let me know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can just use it i'll swing by and pick it up <laughs> yeah I don't know if you guys feel this way. So, like, that, I guess now I'm thinking in my head. So, it would have been, like, fall of 2019 would have been the one my dad hit marginally with an arrow. Mm-hmm. 2020 is when I hit the, that one, that, that tracking story. Um, I, do you guys feel like ever, because for me, it was like we, we, we were exhausted by the end of that, that second one. Like, we ever going to, you know, kill a deer cleanly? Get a break. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you feel like sometimes it stacks on top of each other and there's stuff you're making the consistently same mistake? Like, maybe I shouldn't have taken that quarter into – in that instance with the shotgun or my dad, obviously the bow. I think, I think this is one thing that I think is, is not necessarily even that it's, that it is the quartering two shot. I think a lot of it's just the choice of the shot placement. Like I think of one that comes to mind, um, a couple, one is the shot that I was just talking about with the one with Warb where the buck was wheeling. Mm -hmm. I think I should have pushed that tighter. I think that with that angle, or I'm sorry, with that setup and with that angle, I shouldn't have made that shot because where I really needed it to be, needed to be forward. And then Jake did the same thing in 2018. Oh, yeah, that's right. He he made like what looks to be a pretty good shot, but the way the buck's slightly quartering too, it's like that arrow needs to be further forward. So mm-hmm. when we talk with Ranch Ferry all the time, he's always talking about the vital V. And when you look at where the vital V on an animal is, it's way further forward than where we're trained to shoot. And what I mean by trained to shoot is, is when you're shooting 3D target, look where the 10 ring is. It's not really, in my opinion, where I want to be putting the, where I want to be putting the pin. Take that, like if the deer's, you know, head is to the left, generally put that down and to the left. And then you're getting to where you're in that vital V. But the 10 ring's like way out out in left field, yeah. or I guess li- right field <laughs> right in this field. In, yeah. in this example, but uh-huh. it's it's I think to me it's as much that as it is the you know cho- you just it's just thinking it through like where does that arrow want to come out where do I need that arrow to mm-hmm. come out versus right. where does it look like right. it should go in because in the heat of the moment you don't know how he's got his body kind of twisted up and generally speaking forward to me is better and if you've got a blade that you know is going to get in there. That's right. the advantage of using yeah. that arrow is you don't For have sure. to worry as much about it. For so, sure. But, yes, I've also been in that situation. When I was younger, I hit a bunch of bucks high, non-lethal hits, mm-hmm. but just, like, bouncing them off shoulders, basically. Like, And now you listen to that, and you're like, well, you just said that you want to shoot further forward, but I'm talking too high. There's a fine line between getting it in that vital V and being forward and being where the heart is. But if you go up too far, you can be right on the top of that shoulder and it's just in no man's land. And that, I made yep. that shot a lot. When I, like, honestly, embarrassing amount of times when I was younger. I hit the same buck twice in one year. Oh, wow. In the same spot. Bounced mm-hmm. it right off his shoulder, you know. I it's did just it like, once, yeah. 
I yeah. hear that, that, that the thing is that loud pop pop That's and then the know. arrow yeah. I mean especially it like goes uh, in like three inches yeah, you're like r- bright out. red blood right it's like oh no mm-hmm. you see that and you're like oh I made that mistake yeah. Yeah. too high you know that's the biggest thing for me it's like you can you can see that the arrow is just it's not in the cavity you know especially from an elevated stand and I talk about this a lot amongst my friends when I was younger you know in a tree stand you've only ever practiced on the ground and when you're shooting the 3d target you're aiming too high like i said you're you're on the ground and all of a sudden you switch that angle and the bottom the deer's body looks different when you're up in a tree stand because you're at an elevated position Mm -hmm. you're looking down on it now and that messes with my brain to this day i don't like like i've been telling the story like i had a nightmare this summer Right at the end of turkey season, as I was starting to think more and more about deer season, I had a nightmare of shooting a deer from a tree stand because it it messes with my brain so much to have that weird angle. I don't like it, and I think that you know that makes a big difference too. And in, in aiming at that, yeah. you know, aiming low enough, it's challenging. Like you right, have sure. to aim low to shoot deer well, and you're almost better off to miss one low than you are to shoot them aim for center mass in my opinion uh, but and and honestly the reason i say that is because it would have helped me if somebody would have told me that when i was younger i wish yeah. somebody would have been like aim low dude because uh-huh. i would have hit more deer where i needed right. to and not hit them in the shoulder well they when they get out 25 plus 25 30 35 right yeah then, then you're you're just giving yourself a better chance if they drop a little mm-hmm. I, I mean mm-hmm. if you shoot that far yeah yes yeah right. well and, i mean these shots that i was taking at the time weren't I mean, all those shots that I remember were being were were twenty yards. I mean, I had this one buck. I was um, in the timber close close to where I grew up, and I I had just found a good trail to scrape on it a couple of weeks prior squirrel hunting, and I went back in there and set up. And a buddy of mine and I were in there, and he was further down the trail, and I was just happened to. I don't necessarily know that at the time we knew that I was in the better spot, but I was a little bit like further up the trail coming from the, you know, closer to the bedding. And at last, like the only deer I saw, I guess other than a fawn when I was putting up my climber was this really nice buck, like really nice buck would shoot him still to this day. And, um, I watched him come right down the trail, making rubs and he came like too close quartering to me. And he was at point blank. And then he saw me cause I was in a, tree that worked for a climber which was way too open and he saw me and i was way up because i was trying to get to where he couldn't see me you know when i set up and he bounded and he was at 20 yards and he but he was quartering away and when i shot you know i'm aiming center mass and he ducks because he's already on high alert he had wheeled basically from like you know five to ten yards from the base of the tree he had wheeled jumped to 20 it was slightly cornering drops and i just i remember hitting him and just being like same I, thing I did, you know, yeah. just like I, yeah. th- I, I remember throwing my hat out of the tree stand because I'm just like, idiot, like same thing you've done, you know, a handful uh-huh. of times now. And it just, and then I'd done it, you know, I'd done it since. I If I'm going to miss a deer, I can about damn near say for sure it's going to be too high, which is just a mistake of mine. So yeah. I also think with all this being said, know, know your tendency. Right. right. If you're if you've got the tendency to hit back, then maybe don't aim like me. I don't. I, you know, maybe right. you aim differently than me. But I have a tendency to hit 
too high, especially from an elevated position. So to fix that, I quit hunting from an elevated position and start aiming lower yeah. uh-huh. and further, you know, and yeah, you're the king of the that. stock, man. Uh-huh. These days. I don't know about that. Are you speaking of which can I, are you going to hunt mule deer, Colorado or anything? Do you know this fall? Um, I, I may, I may, I'm not totally sure yet. I may try to, I didn't draw a tag in the primary. I may try to pick up something, but I'm not totally sure yet. Okay. I mean, I mean, speaking of missing honestly, high, you, yeah, because that was last year that mule deer, right? Yeah, I missed that one low, actually. <laughs> oh, was it low? Yeah, oh, okay. which I was happy about. That's why you see me smile afterwards. Is if I'd have missed him high, I'd have been like, "You're an idiot!" Like you about did the same damn thing. But I hit that one. Okay. I missed that one low. Missed that one low. He, um, yeah, he was just like it looked like he was gonna sink right into it. It just right underneath of him. That was one of those ones where you're thinking like the whole way. It's like this is good. This is good, and it just right underneath of him which i would have been stoked to have killed that buck and one other reason i wasn't very bummed out about that one in particular is because we didn't spend any time on it so past stocks i've been on if i would have made that mistake i can't say that i would have turned to who was with me and smiled because if you put that much time into one and then you fail it's different than if you don't I mean, we, we had probably less than 15 minutes in that whole deal. Right. We got in the boat. We went around the bend. I was like, there's a nice buck. You know, we, we right. you know, it's just like we see one right, you know, pretty dang early in the morning. We whip it around, put a little bit of terrain between us, park it down in a cove, jump out, ran straight to the top of the hill, popped over the top, and he had moved up. Oh, wow. So he was supposed to be, you know, in my head, he was supposed to still be down there 100 yards and we were going to make a game plan. Well, he had moved up. And I didn't have any time to wait because he was right on, like, he was just about to be on private. So, like, as soon as I shoot and miss him, he's, like, running right towards private. So, it was, like, okay. I didn't have a whole bunch of time to make any other adjustments right. either. Yeah. That's why I shot. So, but, yeah, I mean, I like meal deer hunting. I, I, I would say in the future I'll be doing some of it. But, I mean, I really like stalking whitetails personally. I mean, I don't. I don't have anything against doing that, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Per- yeah. personally. Yeah. But I, I don't think of myself as the the the, the stalker really. I think both Ted and I watched uh, Jared Scheffler a lot. I'm like that's mm-hmm. the guy that got me. Oh yeah. Got yeah. me interested in White it for sure. Adrenaline for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I, my buddy who I'm with here today, Kent. He, he we were talking about White Tail Adrenaline the other day, and just. Like their tactics are crazy, mm-hmm. which is probably probably why they work, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's you know, off and the they spend a lot of time in the car. Yep. I mean, I'm like, because we're now living down here in so- southern Iowa or closer to southern Iowa. I'm like, I don't even know where these guys go. Not that I've lived here very long, mm-hmm. but I'm like, they just are like always in them. I mean, yeah. they're just driving around, they're finding them, they're whatever in their minivan, yeah, shopping, yeah. <laughs> running around with a de- like the stalker decoy on the front or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. If it wasn't for those guys, I wouldn't have ever had the confidence to do it, and it, and you know, it basically for me was just something where I'm seeing these people do it. I think for, for tons of people, it's this too. This is just, I'm seeing somebody do it and I'm thinking, how, how are they doing that? Like, why is that something that they're so successful at? And I'm so bored with what I'm doing, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I it's, got to. To me, it's just fun to watch them just go for it. Just go for it. Like they'll just push and push and push. And yep. if they blow it up, whatever they're on to the next one yeah <laughs> it's just fun to watch them yeah 
get after it like that. Like the least picky people ever. Yeah. Right? yeah. They love that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've, I've watched tons for you, Ted, where you, you're like, I, what was it? A few years ago, you shot, like there was like a way bigger buck behind it. You like shot the one that was like uh-huh. 15. You're like, I don't care. I'm not picky. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, I think, I think as a viewer, I like see that. And I'm like, man, you shot that one where you like put all that mud or whatever on your face, the giant one in Missouri. Uh-huh. Where you, yeah. <laughs> you look like a raccoon. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. But like, like you shoot that giant. It's like, wow, giant, like Ted is a giant hunter. He's a giant killer, you know? And then you like two, <laughs> three years later. Yeah. That little yeah. One. Yeah, I, I got pretty excited on that one. That, I mean, that's the, 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 the fun of, of hunting. I think in my opinion, watching hunting is, yeah, just watching people go do it. It's like, mm-hmm. everybody likes to see a big buck, but you know, to me, it had got to a point where I was so bored with hunting media and then i find something like whitetail adrenaline or i've always and this is something that i'm kind of proud of in this weird way is i've watched hunting youtube videos for so freaking long man like when i was at home at my parents growing up i'd be sitting in the you know in the computer room is what (laughs) we called it we'd Uh sit in there and i'd sit there and watch youtube videos of guys hunting and they'd just be these you know they 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 looked and, and some of them were were probably better than others. Obviously, there's a broad range of videos you could find on YouTube of, of hunting. But half of them are just like these shaky GoPro clip, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just kind of junk yeah. video. But I, that's, I loved that stuff, man. And uh-huh. if anybody had any sort of like, I guess, personality in it too, you know, I'd watch them and just keep watching them. And, and to me, that stuff was much more relatable because it looked like what I would film if I was with my friends, right. you know, and that's what kind of got me into filming is I was watching these people on YouTube. I'm like, I can make videos that are this good or better, you know, yeah. I'm going to start trying. And that, yeah. that's really what got it going. Did you ever watch like the real tree monster box? Going up, you know, because I, 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 I did. I mean, I would watch. I had like all the DVDs lined up. I don't. Did you ever, Ted? I didn't. No. Really? I, I feel know. like Ted and I's viewing of hunting shows is probably fairly similar, honestly. Yeah, I'd say so. Because like I didn't have the Outdoor Channel, and if I if I ever did come across something like that, I'd just binge it. Like, That's what I would. Yeah, I didn't have. I didn't. We like were just straight no cable it. TV. Yeah, yeah. it's like we would just buy like one DVD every year, mm-hmm. and then I would just watch them like over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Like I could tell my dad, like he's like, "What was that one time?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Real Tree Monster Bucks." Like uh, number Volume ten. Six. Yeah. 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 And and I I just had never, I guess, I, I guess I had watched stuff occasionally. Like my grandpa had one of those outdoor channels and i remember going to his house and it being like a you know a treat every time i'd go there because i could get to watch this stuff right. but it didn't i didn't relate to it but then youtube it was an opportunity for me to actually watch hunting that's another part that i guess i kind of forget about too it's like because of the nature of how i was able to watch it because i didn't have cable youtube was finally a way for me to watch it even right. if it was bad it's what yeah, i yeah. had to watch and i mean yeah as as you may have noticed, I'm pretty obsessed with hunting. <laughs> so like any chance yeah. I got to watch it, man, I loved it. So yeah, YouTube was always my my route, and I I, I guess from what we've talked about, you were kind of the same yeah. way. Mine was the same way. Watching YouTube and watching White Tail Adrenaline, those are the main two that I watched mm-hmm. pretty much growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Zach, there's a hunt in. Uh, I don't know what state it was in. I feel like it was maybe your first, the the, the change from Zach to the stalking hunter. I don't know what, when you feel it was, but like it was a one where there's two different angles. I don't remember who was with you, but they filmed from like 
over here, like way over to the right, and then you crawled like down the sandy road and got yeah, like yeah yeah the sandy road. and then yep. there was like a creek or something to shoot across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that might. That was have, Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, yeah. yeah. Was that like your first? Do you think stock? Hunter, that was like, the first true stock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was, that definitely was a a life changer there. I would say. Yeah. The, prior to that though, I had 2015. I had started watching Whitetail Adrenaline, with Barber Eric Barber, same yeah. guy that I was telling you about mm-hmm. the story earlier, and he, um, had these DVDs, and I remember going over to his house. He's like. He's like, yeah, I got some of those Whitetail Adrenaline DVDs. We could watch them sometime. I go over there, and, like, I'm just obsessed right out of the gate. I'm, like, watching the entire thing. We're sitting there talking about it. And 2016 rolled around, and I wanted to start ground hunting. And um, we are still working at Midwest Whitetail, and I started toying around with it. And I remember, you know, it's kind of that intro to it. Like I said, it's just like, well, I don't know what to do. Let's just, like, go out there and sit on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd start – like my first couple setups that come to mind, I use a decoy set up in the edge of a brushy fence row with a grass field in front of us with Corio Day in 2016. Then another one with Danny Trankler uh-huh. on the ground or we set up on a water hole in kind of, it was a little pond. It wasn't necessarily a water, water hole, but a. <laughs> what was that? I don't know if that was uh-huh. someone else is joining. I don't know. I, I just heard, I didn't even hear it. So this. This uh, water hole is basically surrounded by tall grass and cedars. And these uh, doe and a fawn come out and come up to like 10 yards. I remember getting drawn and like, you know, putting my pin on that doe and being like, dude, this might work. Like, this might be pretty sweet. And what ended up happening was I just kind of got carried away with doing the same old. And then 2017 came around, and I started hunting with Jake, and that's when things started to like, like really play out to where we were wanting to hunt on the ground. Cause like we'd go do it together, and I felt like we both had confidence in it versus just just me trying out something new, where Jake also wanted to try something new and also had confidence that we could do it. So it felt, I think, a little bit more. Just it just felt like I had a. a hurt somebody to do it with and then right. we killed that first one in 2017 off the ground or you know the first one him and i had killed together he had killed deer off the ground um because his well because he's afraid of heights and his grandpa hunts off the ground so that's kind of how oh, jake okay. learned yeah. to hunt was a little bit more off the ground and um we killed that first one together the first one i had killed i guess with a bow off the ground and um and then 2018 that that stock but i feel like that it's just it it, you know you look at that progression and obviously there's a lot of details in between but you just gotta go like it's like uh what's the old saying like just you throw spaghetti on the wall or something see if it (laughs) sticks sticks. yeah Yeah, it's like that's kind of what it was for me i feel it's just like let's see if this works and like it doesn't okay what's right big surprise like let's try something different and you just keep doing that keep doing that and the interest continued to grow because you get an experience like that doe and the fawn coming up to the water hole and you get drawn on it and you're Uh like oh that was pretty intense you know right and and just to continue to have more and more encounters little bucks come by okay a little bit bigger a little bit bigger you know and then all of a sudden you finally get that chance and and then when it did work out when i finally did shoot that one with jake I mean, it, it it felt like it couldn't have been easier, 
if that right. makes any sense. Right. Like it, it just all clicked. The way that I got drawn was exactly like what we planned. I stood completely up, so did Jake to film it. Like we're standing just like you would shooting a target in the yard. My feet are you know perfectly pointed <laughs> right. to my right my butt you know everything yeah. is just uh-huh. so perfect it was just he wasn't even yeah. looking was that one in iowa yep yeah that was okay i think that was i think i remember some of those videos back just, when just the uh, he's just got a bunch of points yeah. so he's a 10 point i think just a nice real nice buck comes right through the marsh grass right towards us he pops his head up and is looking and mm-hmm. kind of saw me i kind of yeah. me- i almost messed that up but um he kind of saw something because I, I I saw him and I went oh, and I ducked yeah. and he yeah. saw me yeah. <laughs> and then and then uh, you know you learn from those little things too but yeah. it's pretty funny how how the progression of that is and I'm yeah I'm happy too that I'm happy that I stuck with it because it's made deer hunting that much more fun to me yeah you know yeah yeah I think like for me personally like so I was I was living in Northwest Iowa a few years ago and. And trying to employ some of the tactics like I mentioned earlier, and um, some of the tough part of that is there's not a lot of ground, right? Or, mm-hmm. like, if you do only have permission, on, like when I grew up in Illinois, permission, private ground, it's like you can do a little bit to that, but you only circle the property so many times, yeah. right? Um, so, but, but, yeah, it definitely is something that's like, I mean, I feel that too. I think a lot of people would be interested in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think too, like, I remember, so I was coaching up over there um, in Northwest Iowa, and there'd be days where, it, it opens up more more days you can hunt, right? Oh, it's a little drizzle today. Like a lot of people don't want to go sit in the yeah. stand. Oh, it's super windy today. It's like oh, it's a good day to go out mm-hmm. and you know still hunt or stalk. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I like that aspect of it too. Where, especially now living in this area, like yeah. there's thousands of acres of public where mm-hmm. it's like you can roam, and if it's rainy and windy, perfect. Yeah, like yep. the deer are still out there somewhere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you just they maybe won't hear you or smell you as mm-hmm. much. So, the one thing that's always been fun to me too is just trying to learn every condition and how you approach that different because your cadence really depends on conditions yeah like if you've got a little bit of dew on a calm day that goes a long way if you've got a frost that turns to dew then your but your conditions change right Right. early you got super crunchy but then late about nine o'clock then it's time to start sneaking a little bit Uh you know and honestly deer have weird tendencies like that too where they have a tendency in my opinion to move on a weather change something as simple as the doom or the the frost melting and all of a sudden you see that burst at nine o'clock it's like something changed the conditions that made them get up and move to feed or move to a different bed or maybe they're just moving beds and feeding along the way but i do enjoy like uh, trying to find the style that fits a condition and that's just I mean, it's no, always I different. I mean, that's another layer. That's, oh. that's fantastic. I love yeah. that. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. take that to, I mean, hell, you could do talk about that forever. <laughs> right. Because every little situation's different, whether you're, you know, you mean tall grass. And what does tall grass mean when it's calm versus when it's windy? Right. I mean, I think of a day, I think of a day where Ted and I were hunting together and uh, down the river bottom where you saw, you were, saw the big buck with Roy. Uh-huh. And we were... <laughs> We're watching these bucks go back and forth across this narrow, like, timber meets a bend in the river. And there's big marsh in between. It's kind of hourglass shape. Sure. And they're crossing in the skinny part. 
and we drop down into this bottom with them and it's just windy and everything's moving around and I'm like moving fast across this and I turn to him and he's like he's he's like Zach there's a buck like the one that we had decided we were moving in after <laughs> I'm pretty sure I turn to him and I'm just like I look and he tells me that I turn back and the buck's like right in front of me you know 80 yards away and I'm just like oh shit <laughs> and we hit the deck but like that condition on a calm day, you could never right. just be blasting through there and him right. not be paying any attention to you. Right. And I think those are like the fine little details that I, I just, I think that you start to pick up on when, when you don't know what ground hunting is like and you're at ground zero, you don't think about how much it varies within a hunt because you just always think like, man, I could never get away with that. And it's like, maybe not in a one specific condition, it would be right. more challenging, but like right. if it's windy mm-hmm. even slightly like today yeah, we got right. a, a solid 10 mile an hour breeze this is money this yeah, is perfect right you know just yeah. enough yeah well like that one muzzleloader buck you killed last fall i think yep. in ohio yep. is wet mm-hmm. you know you just over the ridge you had no idea you were there perfect or like your hunt that muzzleloader buck i hate to bring up mm-hmm. bad memory ted but <laughs> the right. one where it was like it was snowy and mm-hmm. you saw him uh-huh. on the road and you were yeah. stepping in someone else's boot tracks and like when the the cars literally drove by uh-huh. that's when you moved yeah like there's a lot of things that are kind of yeah. i don't know which i think like from personally like that you guys expanding that and like sharing that to people outside of your own little group that's what that's what makes you guys so awesome because it's like man a lot of people might keep that that wealth of knowledge within <laughs> themselves right because that's that's huge i mean mm-hmm. that's a that's a big deal if, if you're you know if you're hunting in pressured areas or you know if everybody knows that local legends living around there or something yeah. it's like that that makes that deer more vulnerable. And I think that's, I mean, for me to you guys, but I think a lot of people just appreciate that about you guys. So thank you. But, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, that, those things are, I was just talking to, to Aaron when we got here, he brought up just talking about like, when, when did they plant the crops? Like just little, there's so many, yes. so like millions of yes. little things. Yep. Like you can just get a little bit of a leg up on those uh-huh. deer. It's crazy. It's endless. Really. Yeah. We were talking to a guy earlier. He had just moved here from, um, Oregon and we were talking about all the different stages of season and it's like we're just looking at the trees right here you know it's like okay there's a maple tree right here you know by the end of October if those maple trees are getting hit by frost and they're dropping those leaves real fast the deer may be on those for like three or four days yep real fast but on a different year this red oak tree that's right over here may be dropping acorns they may be going to that not those maples and then maybe the next year, way over there, a quarter of a mile or a half mile, there's a white oak tree that's dropping, and right. they don't care about either that yeah. red oak or that maple. It's like when yeah. you start getting out of those details, to me, that's when deer hunting just becomes so fun. And when, when you don't have to like commit to being locked into one of those three options, and you can just kind of right. sneak your way to all three of them, th- th- that's it cool. just it helps. Yeah. It helps a guy too. Like, I, I guess just get. Uh, it, for me, it helps me focus. I know this sounds so weird, probably, but you put me in one spot stationary, unless we're having a conversation. Like right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I can stay focused on this, but I, I yeah. really have attention problems. Like I seriously, seriously struggle to sit and just like not do anything but what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty bad. But as soon as I start moving and hunting, locked in. It's just like I... I don't care about who's texting me. I don't care who's calling. I don't care about anything. I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Yep. But when I'm in a tree stand, man, it's just like, hey, dude, what's going? Like, you know, 
what do you think we should where should we go eat after this you know yeah. <laughs> just yeah. it's like not paying any attention because <laughs> yeah. right, huh? i can't sit there and not do anything right. and just like squirrel brain like so you know i'm off and you know i'm the one off in left field thinking about whatever the hell and i, I to me i think i can't be the only person that's like that i know i'm not so that's one of the main reasons that i ever wanted to, to do it is this is like i can't be the only one that doesn't like tree stand hikes. Right. No way. I'm the only bow hunter that doesn't like sitting in one spot. Uh, There's yeah. just no way. Yeah. And and uh, you know what? If that's what you like, I couldn't support it more. I think I respect it because I can't do it. Sure. <laughs> I just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of guys that sit all day for, you know, a week out of the year. That yep. ain't me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's cool, you know? You know. <laughs> it's committed, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, we've knocked out a bunch. We might be able to make a whole podcast just out of this little conversation I we've guess. had here. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> I we'll appreciate see. it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been fun. It's been yeah. fun to chat with you guys. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah.